Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Matthew 21, 13 reads as follows. Reading to you the New King James Version Bible. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. Let's look at it a little bit closer. And he said to them, it is written, my house, God's house. Notice this, it should be called a house of prayer. Now, understand, he wasn't talking about just in name only, but he's talking about in deed as well. That his church or his house, there should be praying going on in his house. Not just any type prayer, but his will being done, praying to his will be done, not only in his house, but in all the participants of that particular assembly. But notice what he says here in the latter part of this text. But you have made it. Notice it wasn't that at first, but men had made it. It was one way, but man made it something that goes in contrary, that's contrary to the will of God for the house. Notice it started out the right way, but man made it something different. And Jesus called it this. You made it a den of thieves. Wow. His own church, the one that he birthed out, the one that he called out, it started out as a house of prayer, but man had made it a den of thieves. That's sad, isn't it? But unfortunately, that's what the text says. Based on what I just read to you, I'm going to hopefully bring it uh, to light to you. I want to talk to you for a few minutes on this topic. A praying church. A praying church. We're talking about God's church. It's a place that must remain connected to him and connected, joined and linked together and fastened to Jesus and set apart as a place of worship to him. His church is or should be a place of worship where we reverence God, where we adore him, and where we bow down to him. Bow down is not necessarily physical, but it's a spiritual state that you're in. You humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, resist the enemy, and he'll flee from you. Worship is important to God, and it must be important to us as well. Worship is important to God, and it must be important to us as well. Let me say this to you. If you want to know, or excuse me, if you want to realign your values, find out what's important to God and make that important to you, and you will be in the will of God. Y'all see that? It, find out what's important to God and then line up with that and then make that important to you. If it's not important to God, you ain't got to be, listen, concerned about it. Why? It's got, it must be important to God in order for it to be important to you. 
And as believers, we must understand the hour, the day, the season, this point in time that we're living in is not based solely on our natural perspective, but more importantly on our spiritual perspective. We're in a time we must continue to seek God's face. You cannot get lackadaisical in your prayer time. Can't get lackadaisical in your study. Can't get nonchalant when it comes to your spiritual life. But it must be in a place where you are putting God first in every aspect of your life. And it's, it's essential for us to understand that this is a personal journey that uh, we must navigate through our daily living. It's every day it's a, it's a personal thing. And even in a personal thing, sometimes you may struggle or have a fight or find it very hard to do in your flesh and human reasoning uh, because sometimes your thinking will keep cause you to be distracted. And I've been guilty of that. My thinking, the thoughts that came across my mind that I let sit there too long distracted me from what is important when it came to the things of God. I've let thoughts take me away from my prayer time. I've let thoughts take me away from study of Scripture. I've let ungodly thoughts take me away from what is godly. And so, therefore, I had to make sure and understand that the enemy is trying to distract me and get me to do things outside of the written and revealed word of God. And one of the things he wants to do is distract me from praying or talking to God and expecting him to talk back to me based on his written and revealed word. Remember, prayer is a two-way conversation with God. It's you talking to God and you open up for God to talk back to you. Whether it's through Sunday mornings, through your Sunday school lessons, or through your prayer time, you're open up for God to talk back to you. And you want it to be a two-way conversation. You don't always want to talk to God and you never hear back what he's saying to you. I always want to hear back from God and what he's saying to you. Therefore, we must be committed to growing in our understanding of recognizing that small, still voice that speak to us. And, let's, and we see this over in 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 12. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 12. The book of 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 12. It reads as follows. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Listen, you see in the text that God was not in the commotion. He was not in the state of confusion, a noise, a disturbance, or the uproar. But he wasn't in the wind, he wasn't in the earthquake, and he wasn't in the fire. But the Bible says this. Now, this is not the fire that was on, uh, uh, excuse me, that John, excuse me, yeah, John talked about that he will baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. This is a different type of fire. But the Holy Ghost, it, it wasn't talking about this one. This is a different, this is a natural fire that it was talking about. The scripture know that this after the fire, he was in a still, small voice. We know that without a doubt in our, in our local city, state, and great nation and government, that uh, there's a lot of uproar and chaos that people are experiencing. And, and, and this is why you need a heart of worship and position yourself or posture yourself or with the right attitude to hear and respect God's voice daily in the midst of the day-to-day chaos that the enemy is trying to end and, and excuse me, to fill us with on a day-by-day basis. Let me say this to you. Faith 
You, it takes faith. You got to hear faith in order for faith to grow. But let me say this to you as well. You got to keep hearing fear for fear to remain alive in your life as well. You got to keep hearing fear. If you keep hearing fear, fear will continue to grow up in you. Let me just let that settle for a moment right there. We know faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But fear, if you keep hearing fear after fear after fear after fear, and you never counteract that with the word of God, you're going to have trouble. Because fear is going to start to take over the way you think, the way you talk, and the way you act. Fear needs something to work with. Fear needs something to work with. That's why you got to be careful what you allow to come into your ear gate. And you got to be careful what you allow to come in your eye gate. You got to be careful because fear, amen, has torment. And you're not careful. If you have a whole lot of fear, you will find yourself being fearful. That's why the Bible tells us that we got to make sure we got to hear faith. We got to hear God's written and revealed word to change the way we think, the way we talk, and the way that we act. If you keep hearing faith, it'll, it'll drive out fear from your life. Thank God for faith. Come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why you got to be intentional about hearing God's word on a day-by-day basis. And as you hear it, you're going to grow and be all that God called for you to be. Go us, uh, let's go on, uh, into John 4 and 23. Uh, excuse me, stay right there. First Kings 19 and 13. Let me go that one more scripture. First Kings 19 and verse 13. So it was when Elijah heard that, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Certainly, suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? So when Elijah when Elijah heard, became attentive and discerned and obeyed that particular voice, he began to take action and that voice continued to talk to Elijah. And Elijah is a great example of having an effective prayer life. He is a great example of that. Let's go further into John 4 and 23. Let's go over to John 4 and 23. Again, prayer is a two-way conversation with God. You talk to God and God talks back to you. John 4 and 23. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. So the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship uh, reverence and adore and bow down to the Father in spirit and in truth. Let me say this, the latter part of this same scripture is so true. For the Father is seeking, desiring, going after, craving for such to worship him. Thank God that he found them here at Overcomers Christian Center. God has some true worshipers in this sanctuary. He, we are worshiping God in spirit and in truth. On a Sunday morning, on a Tuesday afternoon, on a Wednesday, on a Thursday, on a Friday, Saturday, God, we are worshiping. And then God calls us to come together on a Sunday morning to continue to worship him in spirit and in truth. It's just a, it's just a reflection of what we've been doing all week long. We've been listening to God. We've been talking to God. 
Oh, thank God. You, you don't agree with what I'm saying that? You don't think that God, if he's looking for somebody, you don't want him to go down the street around the corner. You want him to stop right here at 3097 30, 30, South Van Worth Road in Bellarica, Georgia, and say, you know what? I ain't got to go no further. I found some right here in the sanctuary that love praising me, that love clapping their hands, that love turning in victory, that love lifting their hands, that love singing the songs of Zion, that love giving God glory, that love praising him on the instrument, that love hearing his word. We don't need, he don't need to go any further. He don't need to, tell somebody he don't need to go any further. He found him right here at Overcomer's Christmas yeah, I know there are churches out there, but I'm not concerned about that. I'm more concerned that he find some right here. Because I don't want God to, look, look, put the Ichabod stamped on the front of the door and say the Spirit of God has departed. I want God to manifest his Spirit in this sanctuary. That's how healing take place. That's how protection take place. That's how pr- prosperity take place when God is in the mess. You don't think God is going to just come in here and just get your praise and not bless you with a good measure pressed down, shaking together and running over? Is he not doing it seedily, abundantly above anything we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us? Isn't he make us the head and not the tail above only and not beneath? Isn't God doing great things in the midst of your life? We don't need God to go no further. We need him to do it right here. We serve a real God. We serve a God that loves his people. I need God to go with my my family when they go in their different directions. I need God to go with my family when they go to work. I need God to go, listen, in our home and get, bring peace that passes all understanding. I need God, listen, when, listen, I don't even know I'm fighting in my body, but God has already healed my body. I need God to bless me with money. I need God to do his, what he's going to do in his word. His word should not return back to him, boy, but it's going to accomplish everything he sent it out to do. It, <laughs> is God not doing bigger and better for his children? Then not better is here, better is coming, bigger is here, bigger is coming. Who, who you expect to bless you? You expect the, the man to bless you? You expect for the government to bless you? No, I'm like, I'm like the, the prophet of old. He said, you know what? You said, nobody bless me but God. I'm looking for God to bless me. Oh God, lift your hands and say, I'm looking for God to bless me. Oh, I'm looking for God to t- do a good measure, press down. I'm looking for God to heal my body. I'm looking for God to get me out of there. I'm looking for God to take me in the millionaire side. I'm looking for God to give me my house, my, my heart's desire. I'm looking for God to do what he said he's going to do according to his word. I'm looking for God to do it. That's why I don't need God to pass us by. I don't need for God to miss what, what, what's happening here in the midst of his people. That's why I need God. He said he's searching for something. I thank God the search is over. Hey, I thank God the search is over. Part of my prayer during the week is this. God, you looking for, you, you search, but you ain't got to go no further. When you get in, you found some here at Overcomers. You found some folks that are praying. You found some folks that are giving. You found some folks that believe your word. When they go to work, listen, they're not bound down to the enemy. They're saying, God, you know what? You're Lord over this job. You're Lord over this business deal. You're Lord over my family. Yeah, they act a little funny, act like they don't know who God is. But you know what, God? You're still Lord. You can turn the heart of the king any which way you can. And Lord, I know you're going to do it over this job, just like you did it over my home, just like you did it in my church. Yeah, you're the same God yesterday, today and forevermore. 
Sometimes people get intimidated when the world say one thing, and they, but you, you know God says something different. Don't you let the enemy intimidate you talking about this, that, and the other. You are going to stick with God's word. Because God, let me tell you something. I've seen it, and I know many of you have seen it too. Listen, they can talk a lot of stuff on it. When the, when the dust settles, God's still going to be standing King of kings and Lord of lords. Oh, by when all, and when all listen, when, when, when the battle's over, he's going to be sitting there talking about high and lifted up. He's going to be sitting there talking about, I am the Alpha. I am the Omega. I am the beginning. And I am the end. I don't even let the president move me like that. Y'all, y'all follow me? Cause he don't deserve for so long. But God is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He had been ruling before he got him. He'll be ruling during he got him. And he'll be ruling after he gets him. I'm sorry. I got a little sidetracked. Let me get back to the text. Cause he ain't got to look any further. He ain't got to look any further. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. While you get that, let me say this to you. When we worship God and truly reverence him, it helps us to become more like the early church. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. See, worship is powerful. Pray and prayer and worship really sets the atmosphere to God to move in miraculous and life-changing ways. God, he does it all the time. That's why when you pick up Acts 2, 1 through 4, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. You see how powerful it is when the Holy Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost. Go with me back over to Matthew 21 and 13. Matthew 21 and 13. Again, the Bible lets us know this. And he said to them, it is written, my house should be called a house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. <laughs> we see that, that he says, it is written, my house, my temple, the house of God, God's tabernacle, should be called a house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. Now, we see, first of all, one of the things I want to bring to your attention is this. House of prayer is not a name, but it's an action. God was expecting prayer to be in his church. He expected not only did he expect leadership to pray, but he wanted to beat the whole congregation to pray. Sometimes people say, I, I need you to pray for me, but they have not said one lick of prayer for themselves. Will you pray for me, Pastor Dobbs? Sure, I pray with you. I pray with you. Because I know you're praying too, right? I know you're praying too. Well, no, I, did, I, did, I can't get a prayer through. Who told you that lie? Who told you you couldn't get a prayer through? Well, Pastor, you don't understand that I don't know how to pray like you pray. Oh, you pray right where you at. Remember when Jesus was talking to his disciples and they asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he said, well, our Father, which are in heaven, so forth and so on. 
But you understand something. You got to ask the Holy Spirit to teach you how to pray. Never. Listen, don't get caught up in how other people pray. Learn how to pray yourself. Learn how to pray yourself. Yeah, we got the base models of prayer, but God is a spirit. And we talked about this earlier. When you have the all-knowing God, he knows how to teach us how to pray. When you got the omniscient God, he knows how to teach us how to pray. Now, he says this. It is written. It's recorded in the sacred books of the Old Testament. It is written. And so anytime something's written, you know it must be important. It's got to be important. Let's go to Matthew 4 and 4. Let's look at something else that's written. Something else that the Lord deemed very important. But he answered and said, it is written. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's written. It's important. It's important to God. It is important what is being written and what's about to be said. So he says this. He has some strong feelings about his place of worship. That being his church, he says this, my house should be called a house of prayer. Prayer, earnestly praying to God. As children of God, we will continue to allow the word of God to reveal to us the need to pray individually as well as corporately. Jesus knows his plans for his church to worship and to pray to him, but the people had started doing other things in God's house, and God called them out on it. We must be not careful to allow to enter. Listen, we must be careful not to allow other things to enter God's house that might represent the actions of a thief, a robber, one who takes. That's why Jesus said, but you have made it. Notice you made it. It wasn't like that. You made it a den of thieves. You made it a den of thieves, a hiding place. Den is interesting. It means a cave or a hiding place. Let me say this to you. One of the saddest things. I know they had a lot of things going on in the church there. But the sad thing that I saw in that text was this. They had stole prayer from the church. They were no longer praying. I thought they had den of thieves. They had stolen prayer from that church. God, he will, I know you say, Pastor Dobbs, how in the world could they steal prayer from the church? I really don't know. But I do know this. Leadership had to let it happen. Leadership had to let it happen. I, listen, I had to look at myself. I said, God, you know what? I can't let whatever goes on in society and in the world, we must continue to pray here at the church. We, I got to be an example of prayer. I just can't pray on Sunday mornings. I got to pray other times as well. And then, not only me, leadership within the church needs to be praying as well. I can't just depend on one person to pray. We need leadership to be praying. We don't need leaders talking about, well, I know they're praying, so I ain't got to pray. No, that ain't the type of leaders we need. 
We need leaders that said, you know what? I know Pastor Dawes praying. I know uh, leader A and B and C are praying. Listen, even if they don't pray, I'm still going to pray. Because we ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Sometimes leaders don't feel like praying either. But you know what? But leaders, we got to pray. Leaders, we got to pray. Musicians, we got to pray. Singers, we got to pray. Helps team, we got to pray. Ministers, we got to pray. Membership, we got to pray. Well, I'm just, I'm just going to let the leadership, I'm, the, I'm a member, I, I ain't got to pray. No, 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 no. Because this is a different type of prayer. This prayer is individually as well as corporately. See, when you're, we're praying as a corporate prayer, but you can really narrow in on your life as an individual prayer. As, and because you know what you're going through a lot better than I do. You know what's going on in your family. You know what's going on behind your, the address that you live at. You know what's happening in your, uh, your finances. You know what's going on in your body. You know what's going on personally in your relationship with Jesus. That's why you got to pray individually as well as corporately. Because not only you're praying for yourself, but you're praying for your fellow brothers and sisters. You're, fellow, you're praying for your, the person behind you. You're praying for the person in the green. You're praying for the person in the blue. You're praying for the person in the gray and the black. You're praying for other individuals in the, in the church. As the all-knowing God leads and guides you in the prayer. Prayer is so important to God that he got so upset with this particular church and the individual in the church, he actually kicked these individuals out of the church. Somebody said, well, well, we, we can just have church at home. Well, Jesus didn't think that, did he? he did he think that? Because evidently he was upset with these people in his church cutting up like they were cutting up. If it wasn't important to Jesus, you think he would have kicked them out? You think that John would have recorded, excuse me, Matthew wouldn't have recorded this if it wasn't important? It's important because God is, he understands corporately how important his church is. He understands this. He understands because he got upset with these individuals. But I said, well, God, listen, there's a few places in the Bible that you, you know, when God get upset, you know there's something going on. Because he is the Prince of Peace, but he got upset with this church. They call it a den of thieves. He did not bite his tongue when he called him a den of thieves, neither. You know, he didn't even hesitate. Oh, I hope y'all will get offended if I call y'all this. <laughs> he didn't say, hey, y'all a den of thieves up in here. And begin to the Bible says he drove them out. Listen, they didn't go easily. He drove them out. You know what I thought about this? I, I'm going to get to it later, but he didn't ask his disciples to help him or nothing, did he? He was hot. He was hot. Kicked them all out of his church. Got upset with them. Got upset with them. Let me tell you, but once he kicked them out, miracles started taking place. Prayer started back and miracles started taking place. Wait, oh boy, I, I had time and I go into this, but I'm going to leave that right there for a moment. I'm going to cover it though. Don't worry, I'm going to cover it. Let the Lord tell me something different. But understand this though. They stole prayer. And, and I believe this is the way I, when I look at this and I'm thinking about this, 
from a pastoral standpoint, the leadership allowed it to happen. Mm-hmm. One of my prayers is this. I know you hear Pastor, you got a lot of things going on in prayer like, yeah, I got to pray. I got to pray. But this is the thing. I said, Lord, help me as a pastor never to be in a position where our church is not praying. Our church is not praying. Because he got upset with these folks in this church. I said, God, help me to teach leadership that when they're having meetings, I'm not here, they got to pray. Help me to uh, uh, get the message over to auxiliaries that when they're here, that before they start doing anything, they need to acknowledge him in all their ways and he shall direct their path. Help me to convey to my singers here in the ministry. Yeah, you talented, but you can't do this without prayer. Yeah, musicians, you got skills, but you can't play like you need to play without prayer. It's got to be. Listen, whoever teaches Sunday school, you can't do it without prayer. Prayer is not something we call once a year. It is the culture of this church. It, it is everything that we do got to be done by prayer. I don't care how many times we've done it, including myself. I don't care how many times we've did everything we've done in this ministry over 20-some years. We still must acknowledge him. In all our ways, and he direct our path. That's not, should we do this? Have we prayed about it? Should we do that? Well, what did God say about it? Because he's got to be the Lord over this church. He's got to be the Lord. And let, let, hold on. Before we, leave, before we go further, is he the Lord at your house? Is he the Lord when you get ready to do what you do at your house? Yeah, I know we acknowledge him at the church, but have you did the same thing at your house? Do you do the same thing when you are in your house where you live at and in your vehicle? Are you acknowledging him in all your ways? Because I know if we're praying here, you should be praying everywhere you go. I go to work, I'm praying. I leave work, I'm praying. During work, I said, Lord, Lord, tap on the shoulder. Hey, you better be praying right now. You ain't know what you're praying about, but Lord, do, do, do that outside. God, do something up in here, God. Lord, have your way, God. Don't let these folks act out, God. You know what's going on better than I do. You got to have that in your arsenal. Prayer must be a part of who you are in every area of your life. Don't you, un, don't you never underestimate that because there's a thief out there. There's a thief, y'all. There's a thief. There's a thief. Go to John 10, 10. Let me show you where the thief is. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. See, there's a thief that comes, that comes. He goes from one place to another. He appears in different places. But when he shows up, he wants to steal something. He wants to kill something and he wants to destroy something. But Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. At times, even chewing up God might deal with situation, trial, and tribulation that seems as though it's trying to cause destruction and ruin in their life. 
It may seem like financial challenges are there to come to steal our joy, steal our peace, steal our hope, and such like. If we got to be careful, the enemy will threaten our faith, our peace, and try to convince us that we are not divinely connected. He'll try to steal from you. Listen, if you think he won't try to steal from you, you got another thing coming. He's going to do his job. I'm telling you that right now. He's going to try his best to do his job in the lives of his people. Excuse me, the people that he's trying to come after. And pray and believe understands the latter part of John 10, 10, when Jesus finished the conversation by saying, I have come that they may have life, the fullness of life, a life active, a life devoted to God, a real and genuine life, and that they may have it more abundantly. Oh, God. Jesus came. Let's go back to Matthew 21 and 13. Matthew 21 and 13. And again, and he said to them, it is written, my house should be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Made it a den of thieves. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. We must continue to seek God's face and worship. Why? So our thinking, our talking, and our actions will be that that reflects a prayerful nature. We need a prayer for a mindset. We need to be praying like Luke 18 and 1. Go to Luke 18 and verse 1. Luke 18 and 1 reads as follows. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Listen, they don't need to faint. They don't need to become weary or weak-hearted. Why? Because we need praying. When you pray, this is what happens in your life. You don't lose heart. You don't become weary. You don't become weak in your spirit. It's easy to allow what we see to cause our mind, will, and emotions to become weak and faint-hearted. Just the mere thought of a person's skin color can be viewed as a weapon or enemy to another person can really impact our heart. Even so, if you become, if they become the target that the weapon is coming after, just be careful. Don't take the target off one and then put it on another. Do not render evil for evil. Do not pay evil for evil, Romans 12 and 17 tells us. Prayer keeps us at a place of reverencing God. His peace and protection regardless of what our natural eyes and our senses tell us. Go to 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17. Pray without ceasing. Pray without intermission, without breaks, nonstop. Always have a mindset to pray. Always have a mindset to pray. Having knowledge and understanding of this text helps us know that I must continue to seek God's face and prayer regardless of what is and what's happening around me. Do not be distracted by the enemy that you can't pray. Ooh, I can't pray. so much going on in the world. That's the time you need to pray. Too many people doing stuff. They don't even know what they do. Half of them. We need people like you who got the answers. How'd you get the answers? Prayer. God just dropped them in your spirit. And you're like, how'd, how'd you know that? Prayer. See, when you got, you, you are hooked up to the answer source. 
The world's looking for answers, and you hooked up to the answer. Ooh, mm, glory. That's why when people come to you, and you don't think that you know anything, but people will come to you and ask you questions. They're going to request, they say, hey, how do you feel about this? What's going on right here? Woo, there it is right there. Well, I, I don't know what to say. God will give you what to say. By the Holy Spirit, he'll tell you what to say. And when they hear it, it was like, whew, that's surely right. You're, like, you, you, you're going to say some stuff that you even think you said, but the Holy Spirit's just going to fix it up. Because he needs people with answers. And you are individuals who, who are connected to the answers through prayer. And God will give you the answers. Isn't it good to know you got answers? Woo-wee. Somebody say, thank God for answers. That's it. Prayer will help us to stand strong. Let's go to Psalms 91 and verse 2. Prayer will help you to stand strong. Psalms 91 and verse 2. Psalms 91 and verse 2. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. I will be secure. I will put confidence. I will have hope. I will be bold in Jesus. A strong prayer life helps us to recognize God as our shelter and our stronghold. And we can find security in him. Go to Psalms 46 and verse 1. Psalms 46 and verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Notice he is a very present help, a support, an assistance when trouble comes around. Let's go over to Revelation 22 and verse 13. Revelation 22 and verse 13. As children of God, we must be a praying church and place our confidence. And let me say this to you. When you're placing your full confidence in Jesus, that's an ongoing process. That is an ongoing process. Once you get... Confidence in one level, try to build up to another level. Because you will never be in a position where you, you can be at 100% one day, something can happen, it could drop to 30% just that quick. I'm just telling you, that's life. It happened to me more than one time. So I know you got to continue to work on your confidence in Jesus. You got to continue to work on that. Revelation 22, 13 reads as follows. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. It takes that small, still voice to speak to us and remind us the power that rests in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He was here at the beginning, will be here at the end, and knows all that is in between the beginning and the ending. I want to encourage all of us not to let the commotion of our day to distract us from praying and worshiping our Savior, who continues to deliver protect and prosper us we are a praying church and not a den of thieves amen i'm done thank you so much for listening to today's message please subscribe to our podcast and if you're ever in the villarica area you can visit us at 3193 south van wert road in villarica georgia on sunday mornings at 10 and wednesday evenings at 7 You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center 
and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.